0: All right, Marky, episode 28, we are in a backyard here in South Buffalo, and we've been working on this one for a long time. Uh, a neighbor of mine, a true South Buffalonian, a great American, welcome to the program, Wilbur Fulton. Hello, Wilbur. Hey, what's happening, baby?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to mention he's cool. <laughs> yeah, Wilbur
0: might be one of the coolest, greatest storytellers, and you'll find out why today, he
1: was mentioned by Phil Ryan. He said that uh, he used to help him with his paper out when you were little, huh?
2: Yeah, I, I actually did. Yeah, but uh, we ain't gonna touch on that. The cheap bastard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, we, we were told that you were always telling jokes outside before, while the papers were getting delivered, and the and his parents would get a really good kick out of you.
2: I suppose they did. You know, I mean, that's. Six o'clock in the morning, I don't know how much of a kick you can get out of me <laughs> but...
0: so how, do, how does Wilbur Fulton get into being a storyteller like you are? You're going to tell us some stories today. Tell us how it started for Wilbur
2: Well, yeah he telling he's pointing to the beer bottle. <laughs> oh, storytelling I don't know that just uh, came natural as, as a young boy you know I mean I was always impersonating people and you know always carrying on. Anything foolish, I was involved in, and that's that's probably the way it got started.
0: And and you went to South Park and Bishop Timon growing up. I did. And what were you asked to leave one or were the?
2: Well, it was uh, a mutual agreement. <laughs> but really, I left Timon because uh, the girls were better looking over at South Park. I to
0: know.
2: <laughs> it was that time of my life, you know what I mean? So yeah.
0: Tell us about growing up when you were were a young guy.
2: Oh, I had some crazy stuff going on with me, you know. When I was eight years old, uh, they wake my grandmother in the living room. And all these Scottish and Irish people, Seneca Street, well, all South Buffalo, was loaded with all these old country people, see. So I'm there for the wake, and all these people filing in this little house, see. Now all the booze was out in the kitchen. So... The one guy, George O'Connor, I remember him coming in and I'd hear him saying, oh, it's an awful thing about your, about your mother who's talking to my aunt. Oh, it's a terrible thing, terrible thing. And I'm watching him. He goes up and he kneels down in the casket, you know, and he says his prayers. He comes over to me and he goes, where's the whiskey, no Billy? <laughs> I said, oh, it's out in the kitchen, George. Oh, thank you, Billy. Good boy. And Off they went. And that's that. You know, it was the old fashioned wake in the house. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
1: That was right on Norman Street?
2: Right on Norman Street. Yeah. Um, oh, then I used to pin stick. Shemaleski live next door. Avid bowlers from the east side. You know, used to take me pin stick. You ever pin stick? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's before they come well, out used. with the automated reset machine in the bowling alley. So you'd go up. And you'd sit on this four-foot ledge, no fence or anything. And the guy would throw the ball down. And y'all be curled up in the fetal position. This was like a monster coming at me, this thing. Boom! The pins would be flying all over. And you'd jump down, clear the pin, step on a pedal, and all the pegs came up. And then you'd stick the pins on there for a spare. And haul your ass right back up on that four-foot wall, and i curl into a ball waiting for that next one. I used to have nightmares about that.
3: (laughs) How how old were you when you did that?
2: Probably 12. Yeah.
3: What did they pay Yeah.
2: 10 cents a game. (laughs) Yeah, and if you were fast, you might have got 15.
0: Yeah. Kids got it made these days, huh?
2: So then you talk about storytelling.
0: Yeah. I think I
2: was in fourth grade. It might have been Sister Redemptive. So the deal was each kid was assigned a person that we studied that year in history. I think it was fourth grade, doesn't matter. So I get Dorothea Dix, who led the reform of the insane asylums back in her days. And I got to make a poster. Now I'm pretty creative at this age. I go home, I draw a picture of a woman and two little kids on each side of her. And it says, Dorothea Dix, lover of the loony. Well, that nun started <laughs> slapping me. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I thought, it, are you kidding me? This thing is great. You know, you would think, ain't But the nun didn't like it. Lover of the loony. So I took a whooping there, you know. <laughs> then I, you know, all, all this, I don't know if this stuff helped develop the, the jerk that I am today or not, but uh, we're at a party one time, and he used to neck.
0: Like making out with a girl? Making out, yeah. yeah,
2: necking. So we're all necking, except for my cousin, he got nobody to neck with, see So he's telling jokes. So he tells this joke, and this girl's going to laugh, but she's kissing me. So she laughs out of her nose. She laid a gunger on my cheek. (laughs) Now, I was never a calm, cool, collective guy. I'm running around the room hollering, get that thing off me. Get it off me. I could feel it on there. You know, I mean, wacky stuff to the point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember telling Ray McGurn this story, back before they had bank cards, if you wanted to get money out of the bank, you wrote out a check to cash and you handed it to the teller. So I go into the bank, I needed 20 bucks. And uh, the girl comes back a couple minutes later, she says, "Uh, I'm sorry, I can't cash a check. I said, why not? She said, insufficient funds. I said, you're a bank and you don't have 20 bucks? (laughs) (laughs) So then I had a date one time with the most beautiful Irish girl you at the time that I had ever laid eyes on. I'll never forget it. And uh, I didn't have a car, so wherever we were, these other fellas drove us home. So her and I are sitting in the back seat. Now, mind you back then, girls wore hairspray and right redslate all that hairspray oh, yeah. up on their head. Oh yeah. So me being a piss pot that I was, this girl was beautiful. I struck a match and lit a cigarette. We're in the back seat trying to put the fire out, slapping her on the head. Oh my God, I wouldn't mention her name, she'd be mortified, oh my God. But you see the kind of stupid stuff, so I'll go on here, Rob.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, moving along here. You know, uh Always had a bad childhood. You know what I mean. Starting out when I was born, the doctor told my mother and father we did everything we could, but he lived. <laughs> you I'll like? You, huh? I play hide and seek. Nobody looked for me. <laughs> my bathtub toys were a radio and a toaster. And sex. I never had any luck with sex. See, the first time I had sex, I was scared. Well, I was all alone. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll tell you, I never had any luck with girls either. A girl called me up one time. She said, come right over. Nobody's home. I went right over. Nobody was home. <laughs> one time I walked in a whorehouse. I dropped my pants. She dropped her price. Yeah.
0: We have another legend here. We'll just call him Slade. <laughs> and if you know Slade, you know Slade. And where did you grow up? I grew up on Seneca Street. I went to kindergarten with Wilbur.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I yeah. know him for a few years. Like I'm- 65.
1: So he was always this. He was always goofy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: Make sure you get close hey, hey, to that. we Michael. get along so well. We do not want <laughs> to miss that. It is. <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know? my, my parents grew up on well, my mom grew up on Sonic Street. She was at Dobson. She was and she always talks about how different it was then, you know. Like it was downtown, right? Oh yeah. They lived on Glendoe, right? Glendoe, yeah. With the gangs and you were hooked in with the Purcells. Yeah, that that's from my father's side. My my grandmother's Virginia Purcell.
2: Yeah. Man, there's a name, huh? Is uh, that
5: Davis.
1: Dave's sister? Yeah. Well,
5: yeah. yeah. Still alive.
1: Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what happens when you go down to Florida, right? You live well, forever. Well, that, that
2: family, there were 14 of them, and they yeah, lived oh, on Elk yeah, Street. Young. And Shanahan lived upstairs, and they had 12. So there was 26 kids in this house. Dave told me, he said, my brother used to cry. I had nobody to play with, these
4: <laughs>
1: But that wasn't unusual to have big families, right? How many well, were you of? Well, just three of us. Three and
2: yeah. you? Five. Yeah, well, yeah, it was five, yeah, five of us, yeah. What did your father do? uh well he wound up retiring from the steel plant but he was from st louis my father yeah
1: because you guys were scottish right and it seemed like norman was a big scottish oh uh, street, yeah right
2: a lot of scottish a lot of irish oh my god but it was what comical. Was,
1: why did people move here well it seemed like it was like a, a hot spot steel plant oh yeah
2: number one In my uh, mother's family, now there were ten or eleven or twelve. They didn't all make it over here, but they sent the old. They had heard about the steel plants, so they sent the oldest boy over to check this out. My uncle John, and he got word back: start bringing them over. We got jobs, and it was all the steel plant, you know.
5: Steel plant in the Erie Canal. Yeah, the Erie Canal. Well,
2: yeah, long before that, yeah, Mm. right. But uh, but at that that wave there, it was. Coming to Buffalo, that was all the steel plant. And my uncle John lost his voice box to cancer. He was one of the first ones, so he had to talk, you know, eight top like that, you know what I mean? But he never lost his Scottish brogue. So my mother says, "Don't get offended if he calls you a son of a bitch because that means he likes you." And he used to say, "Billy, you're a son of a bitch," he said. <laughs> "Billy, you're a son of a bitch," he said. Yeah, they were uh, you know But there was so many Scots. Neesons, McParlin's, um Lowe's, Bennett's, um oh my god, uh Scurs. Uh you know, those are just the ones that are coming off the top of my head, you know? Yeah. A lot of Scottish people.
1: So talk a little bit about Street. What was what, what was the big drag, I mean it was the hot spot, right? It was it was where everybody Grill. wanted to live.
5: Southside Grill was where everybody went. Everybody hung around there. Everybody got loaded there. Everybody fought there.
2: Oh, yeah, that place was nuts. I mean, when I was in the service, I'd tell guys about the fights there.
1: They didn't believe me. I said Hollywood couldn't reproduce these fights. I mean. You enlisted yourself into the military, right? Right. And I was blessed, too, you know. So You went to Okinawa, right? Drove ambulance.
2: Oh, ha, 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 <laughs> ha, ha, ha.
1: You come now,
0: Okinawa. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, my Lord keep Charlie. Now, how, tell us a little. I know you got something like, about Okinawa. Yeah, like because
1: <laughs> Phil said that his like everybody uh, you know joined as like a group sort of, right? And you were buddies with him. Is that is that how it went down? Yeah, but he had already been discharged by the time
2: I got around to getting in there. See, here's what happened to me. <clears throat> I was almost 20 and I wasn't getting drafted. Well, I'd sit around the bar listening to these guys talk about these exotic places. I, you know, you're young and naive. I, I said, man, I gotta get a part of it. I gotta get in here, see? And uh, so I'm not getting drafted. So I go down to the Marine Corps, I said, can you draft me? I only wanted two years. The guy said, sit down, man. you sign up. I go home, my mother's aghast. In 1969, who would join the Marine Corps? You gotta have rocks in your head. Well, as things went on and on and on, unbeknownst to me, they started pulling the Marines out in 1970. So the next June, about 150 guys left California with Vietnam orders. We get to Okinawa, we're sitting around for about eight hours, a guy comes out, he goes, here's a list of who's going to o- uh, Vietnam and who's staying on Okinawa. And of course, my name came up to stay on Okinawa. So you talk about blessed yeah uh, uh, i mean really oh. how much more blessed can you be than that oh yeah you know and uh <laughs> you may want to cut this <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> no here's a uh, so this guy is driving me to my base from at that point and we're going through these villages he said now Whenever we pass by a building and it looks like a canoe with three flames in it, that's a whorehouse. I said, Lord sent me to the right place.
4: <laughs>
2: and right then, I knew there wasn't one thing I could do in Vietnam to win that war. It didn't matter if I, <laughs> it didn't matter if I killed 10,000 V.C. If we were not going to win that war, I said, I might as well stay right here.
0: Now, are you keeping everybody entertained in Okinawa? I would think so. How you how you staying loose in Okinawa? Okinawa? Oh, other crazy. than the canoes. Well, you only had
2: I only had money twice a month. That was the paydays. Yeah, you days. went down and when you for two days, up, <laughs> <laughs> your money was gone. You know. So. But uh, I think we'll finish the Okinawa thing. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so you you get home and uh, how you adapting when you get home?
2: Oh well, no problem! I went right down to the Southside Grill. That was my adapt. <laughs> <laughs> that was nothing to adapt to. Where was the Southside Grill? On Seneca Street, down. Uh, what was it, slate Pomona. Pomona between Pomona and our Mind, right? Yeah. 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 And we had a cottage. I already had paid for a cottage, so we had a cottage for the summer up in Crystal Beach, you know.
0: We try to archive stories and um of of the old neighborhood and uh, things like that and different characters. And we actually have something in common there, Wilbur. Um, my uncle and Wilbur, Mark, were good friends, along with Slade. Um, oh, yeah. They called my uncle Sudzy. And Sudsy was this guy, uh, I'll tell you how I first met him, we're cutting a turkey, probably around 85. The phone rings, everybody in the house knows that well that's Sudsy. He's at the airport, so we had to postpone Thanksgiving dinner till Sudsy came back with my dad. Well, four hours later, The Suds walks in with a surfboard. That's all he brought home for me.
4: (laughs) And everybody's pissed
0: at him because it was four hours later. They wait. Oh, no, we got to wait for Sudsy. My dad's looking as he's leaving. He goes, I'm not going to be back for a long goddamn time. I'm telling you right now. They didn't believe him. But I would always run into Wilbur. Uh, Sudsy passed away. He got sick and stuff like that. Um, But Wilbur always comes up to me. I'll be in a crowded bar. And we like, let me tell you about the Suds when we were in Africa. <laughs> so, like, these stories have been just coming through from guys like Slade and Wilbur, and uh, I, I I would like to hear a couple that you have, because I'm sure that you, you have a couple that I don't even know.
2: Yeah, and uh, Slade will help me out here. Uh, <laughs> let's start out with Sudsy <laughs> in grammar school at St. Tommy's. <laughs> this might have been third or fourth grade. Uh, I talked to my brother-in-law, Dennis Sullivan, to – bring back some of the details, but anyway, Sudzy's unruly and he's running all over the place and the nuns are chasing him and they can't catch him. So Dennis remembers the nuns saying, children, stay in your seats, do not move. Do not get out of your seats. He said, and we look out the window and here's Sudsy going back and forth on the ledge outside the window. <laughs> he's going from classroom to classroom, see? And the nuns can't get him cause he's going up and down this ledge. So they had already called for the priest, and the priest came in, and the Suds told him, you come near me, I'm jumping. <laughs> he jumped. <laughs> Dennis will tell you it was only about 12 feet, but he jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, he was suspended after that. But that's, that's the early on Sudsy story. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he... uh. Jesus. Uh, Getting back to that cottage in Canada, we're all sitting on a Sunday, you know, and uh, Jimmy Cochran's got his truck parked out in front, and we're sitting on the porch, and here comes his 59 Fairlane, runs right into Jimmy Cochran's truck, doesn't even bother backing off, and Cochran's going nuts, he jumps out, puts on his shades, he says, the suds is here, (laughs) so this 59 Fairlane. He had wood wallpaper on it, it was his woody, you know. (laughs) And he drove that old beat up thing all the way from California. So, you know, we're drinking for two, three days, none. I'm laying, uh, we're coming back to Buffalo, I'm laying on the mattress in the back. Come on, he says, we're getting breakfast. I said, all right. Pulls into this cottage. I said, you know these people? No, I don't know them. He said, we're gonna have breakfast. There's two young girls. And they they had to be aghast, you know, if I remember correctly. He walks right in the kitchen. All right, he said, I'm making breakfast. Throws open the refrigerator door, pulls out eggs, bacon. How do you want your eggs? How do you want your eggs? And he's cooking and he's carrying out like a nut. I just sit back and let him go because you, you there's no sense in even trying to comment with him, you know. Oh yeah. And these poor girls, you know, they didn't know what to do. And he cooked everybody breakfast. And then thank you, he says, he took off. <laughs> Oh, my God. home invasion <laughs> Oh, my God. And then down on Chippewa, remember Eli Halsley? Yeah, yeah. The black piano organist? And he'd play at Radisses on Chippewa, yeah. and then he'd, he'd play uh, over at uh, Johnny's Old Timer. No, Johnny's Ellicott, right? Johnny's Ellicott. Johnny's yeah. Ellicott. Well, Sudsy was the garbage man downtown at that time, so Eli knew him. And I'll never forget, I walked in one time with Sudsy, and Eli stopped what he was doing. He hit a few notes on the organ. He goes, Hey man, put out your can. Here comes Sudsy the garbage man. <laughs> and that's all I remember, but he had a whole song written about yeah. the Sud.
0: <laughs> he got in a little trouble with the garbage, didn't he?
2: Thanks. Well, he did. He's uh a dog came after him. <laughs> and the dog was really attacking him. And he uh he threw the dog in the pack. So it didn't go over too good with the boss, but they let him keep working. Oh, did they? Him. So that dog met his fate, oh, man. at the hands of the suds. You know?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, he went to pick up his last check naked.
1: <laughs> well, that's another. I don't know. I don't know him. I never knew him. I was always friends with Sean and Jim here, but they just said everybody said he had a member. He, he had, had a had, hammer. He, he, on he had him. quite the hammer. Well, I wasn't going to tell that story. <laughs>
2: I wasn't going to tell that story.
1: <laughs>
2: and I, I don't think I will tell that story. You
1: Come on. on. I, heard, I heard a couple pool table it stories. Was, about. There was something. a lot of jealous people on Seneca. <laughs> <story. laughs>
2: when he died, there were a lot of women crying. <laughs> no, suddenly he could pull a dead mule out of a quarry with that guy. i <laughs> 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 they said when suddenly get an erection, there wasn't enough skin left to blink his
0: eyes. <laughs> oh. I've had his sisters tell me that. <laughs>
2: no, another guy told me he said that thing could have held eight parakeets, nine if the last one stood on one leg. <laughs> But I'm not going to tell that other story. <laughs> well, I already he used to knock the eight ball in with it. You know? Yeah. All right, I'll tell the story, but I'm not going to mention any other names. So no. A handful of guys are driving down to Florida. So they get off the uh, the beaten path there and there. They come upon a house of uh, a whorehouse. house. And they thought, well, we're here. So one by one, they do what they had to do. So they said, Sudsy went in there. He's in there about two minutes. The woman come out, and she said, I ain't doing nothing with him. That ain't no dick. That's a ball bat. (laughs) Like I said, I ain't going (laughs) to mention it.
0: Oh, yeah. It was tough growing up to live up to that, but there was no reason to try because it's been done in It's just a
1: blessing. There's nothing you could do. You can't work any harder.
0: Yeah, he used to work (laughs) on the boats, right? Well,
1: we were all out at
2: that cottage. Somebody had the cottages out at Sunset. He's got a duffel backpack. He's heading to the coast from Sunset Bay. So the last thing I saw him do, he grabbed a bottle of J.D.'s cologne off of the top of the refrigerator, chugged it down, and out the door he went. (laughs) And he got one ride all the way to San Francisco. Now you can imagine this truck driver what he had to go through taking him all the way across. Oh man. my
5: brother said that he was when he was working on the boats, he was in India. Closer. Oh. And uh he was loaded one night and bought an elephant.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: he bought an elephant. He bought an elephant. <laughs> and the next didn't know it the next morning. The captain called him down. They said, you bought an elephant. The elephant is on the dock. You got to get rid of this. So some kid, now if you had an elephant in India, you had money. Some kid was walking by and he gave the kid the elephant.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the kid was like 14 or something. Not his kid is wealthy. (laughs) So he gave him the elephant. Trish Higgins, Trish Glowse. This is way back now. We're talking 45 years ago. Her and her girlfriends were driving out to, the, out to California, and they stop in Flagstaff, Arizona. So they go in this bar, and the bartender said, where are you from? So we're from Buffalo, New York. The guy said, you know, Sudsy?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that happened to your father, remember, yeah, down in yes, Texas? Yeah. Same thing? The guy yeah. said, you're from Buffalo, you know, son? So he goes, that's my brother. He said, <laughs> yeah,
0: bullshit. And he had to show him his ID and everything. He goes, he I just missed him. He goes, thank God. <laughs>
2: I mean, and then uh, he was out in Hermosa Beach. Crazy. You know, Lee Marvin was his, one of his clients. You know, he's standing by. So the one I like is, uh, this isn't verified. This is one of them stories, if it ain't true, it ought to be. So Don Henley and the Eagles are in L.A. And uh, they're they're doing San Francisco the next day, so uh, I guess Don Hadley was having a lot of family troubles. He he was in, so he's in a, he's in he goes in Sudsy's bar in Hermosa Beach. When he woke up, he didn't have any more family troubles, but he didn't go to San Francisco for the concert. <laughs> he's after spending the night with Sudsy, so Slay and I are going to Florida. Sudsy says, "Look for me in a place called the Shack in Dania." <laughs> Oh, all right, so we go to the shack. Guy said he's on a tug over in the Bahamas. He'll be back next night. Where's Sudsy? He ain't back yet. Third night, where's Sudsy? He'll be here. Slade and I are sitting at the bar. All of a sudden, you hear these tires screech. He jumps out, puts on the shades. The suds is here, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the girl's brand new uh, Ford Fairlane, remember? Yeah. Remember the name of them two uh, Englishmen he was with? Oh, uh, Rum and Coke. Rum and Coke.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> rum and Coke, he said. I want you to meet rum and this is Coke. <laughs> Oh my God!
0: <laughs> well, you talk about the, when he came home with the surfboard. There's a there's a surfboard thing when the surfboard craze went with him, right? In California or something. Oh God! Oh, he used to surf on the hood of cars on <laughs> Seneca Street. <laughs> <laughs>
4: like
2: so back then, you had Look magazine and Life magazine. They were all photographs. So they had sent somebody out to California to cover the uh, the surfing craze. So. It came out, when the magazine came out, it was a panoramic view of the beach and the surfers. And here's Sudsy in full stride with that long beard and an ironing board under his arm, (laughs) heading for the water. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dennis thinks that Steve Webb's got that
0: photo. Yeah, my Uncle Steve does have it somewhere.
2: We've been trying to dig it up, so we'll
0: try to get it out there for everyone. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then
2: I went to visit him. He he was living with Nell.
0: Yeah, yeah, his later days, yeah.
2: And uh, he said, I want to show you, I just got a letter from Dewey Weber. Now, Dewey Weber, at the time, turned the whole surfing thing around in California. He was so innovative that, with his surfing moves. So he became a famous surfer. Starting, He was in plenty of movies, wound up with his own surfboard business and everything. But uh, him and Sudsy were good buddies, you know. And I remember Sudsy wanted to show me the letter from Dewey, you know. So, I mean, he was just that type of
0: personality. Wherever you went, people loved him, you know. i I met a guy once that said that he owned a part of a bar with Lou Reed for about a day. (laughs) I don't doubt it, I'll tell you. I don't doubt anything out here. I it go, like, a day? Subsy. What happened? He goes, I can't tell you that story. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the guy said's past, so I never really got to. Who it.
2: was it, Jack Gall, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jack Gall. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jack
0: Gall. I don't know if he's still alive. He's got subsy stories, you know, I mean, a million of them. So. <laughs> well, they used to tell him, Mark, they used to, t- when he, there they was a, a like a fruit seller in the basement on Hammerschmidt where they grew up, and they used to tell him to get in his hole. They, he, they'd send him to the basement. It wasn't a nice basement. It was a shitty fruit cellar. And that's where Sudsy had to stay when he was out of out of line at times. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he was such a lovable character.
2: Oh, yeah. he, he couldn't help but love the guy in the personality. No, no matter where he went. You know, the, we just told all them California stories and this and that.
0: My, my cousin, can't help but love the guy. My cousin, who's related to the Sullivan's, we're all related, obviously. He married a Sullivan. So he was telling me recently that when Suds was sick, Suds, he was going to take him out to Hopper's Rush Inn. So they're there for about three hours, and, you know, Sudsy's racking up a tab. He turns to my cousin. My cousin's like 20 years old, 22 years old. He says, uh, call your mother. He said, why? He goes, well, somebody's got to pay this goddamn bar bill. <laughs> so he still, even when he was sick in his later days, he still had that little Hellraiser uh, thing in him, you know? Oh, he sure did. But what? you know what they did to him, Wilbur? That my dad got him back, and Slade, you'll love this too. We're at a family <laughs> reunion, and my brother's in diapers. And Subsy pushed the envelope with his family. Like the sisters sometimes hated him. My, bro- my, my father hated him. And uh suds, he's not well and he's sitting on the couch in the, in this room in Angola where the family reunion. He goes, Hey suds, remember nineteen seventy, whatever? He goes, Yeah, why he goes, payback, changes my brother's shitty diaper in front of him. The suds almost got he turned green, he's almost throwing up. <laughs> so <laughs> he got um, something happened in the seventies and my dad got him back with that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, not that we know of <laughs> yeah. uh, but couple I, in I, India yeah I, I still think one day we're we're gonna we're gonna find one we're gonna meet one, but uh yeah what they is, they
2: wouldn't find him with DNA to pull her damn pants down. <laughs> ain't no white man allowed to look like that <laughs> there will never be there never was and there'll never be another Sudsy. I mean. I remember him walking down Seneca Street with a pair of Madras shorts and wingtips and no socks. He's, going, he's heading out to the lake. Wingtips and no socks. I ain't crazy, you know?
0: Well, there's, a, there's another one where. Uh, are we going, Mark? Yeah, that's all going. There's another one where he was the ice cream man, right? He was the ice cream man, and he would get rid of all the ice cream out of the ice cream truck and load it with beer and go down to the softball games and sell beer. Instead of and he give away all all the ice cream to the kids, right?
2: <laughs> no, I don't remember. Oh, that you one. don't know that one? No, that was no, another I didn't one. Know that
0: one. That Hall or gall, he he would tell me that mm-hmm. one too. Uh, he he was something else.
2: Well, you know, at Sudsy he never would look for trouble, but he was he was rough. And you and you talk about it, you look at Buckley.
0: Yeah, he almost crushed his head with a beer can. Yeah, but he didn't catch him. He would have kill him. Well, you you talk about Sudsy. In you know a Hellraiser, and then you you look at his uh, brother, my father, the the government guy. You got anything on my pops or what?
2: You go ahead right on, Sleed. I don't want <laughs> I don't want him after me. <laughs>
5: Get close to that there, Mike. There was, a, there was a story about uh, your father when he worked at, on the Peace Bridge. He was working one night, and a uh, guy come down off of the bridge and says, we have a jumper up on the bridge support for the Peace Bridge. And he's asking for you. (laughs) So Tomer going, oh, geez. So he says, "Uh, okay, I'll go up. He don't know who it is. I don't want to mention the name. Right. So uh, all the way up, the negotiator's saying, now you gotta be positive. Don't forget, you gotta be positive. Don't say anything negative you got gonna talk him down, be real calm. Snowing like a bastard out. It's about twenty degrees. The guy pulls up to where the guy's on the the, the bridge support, you know. Mm-hmm. The, Dumber gets out of the car, looks up, and he says the guy's name, he goes, I'm freezing. Get down or jump. <laughs> the, the negotiator almost <laughs> had a heart attack.
1: <laughs> Downy down he comes, comes. Uh, Downy. <laughs> so those nicknames. How did Sudsy get that nickname? How's Dummer get his
2: nickname? Well, well, Dummer, i not. I don't remember. But little Sudsy. <laughs> <laughs> and he had his own matches. Surf's up. A Sudsy bar, where the surfers are. Trade all my duds for a bucket of suds. Yeah. I think your father still got a pack of matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a girl in a bikini. He had his own matches. Oh, my God.
0: And, and the story goes, they say, maybe you guys could correct me, is uh, he didn't have any money. So he sold his duds for a bucket of suds. <laughs> and he sat at the bar naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that had to be some sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, you get back to Buffalo, and everybody always asks me, you got to ask Wilbur about O.J. Simpson. You ever hear (laughs) this, Mark? Wilbur, Wilbur, go ahead, Wilbur, with O.J.
2: Way back in the 70s, they had this big contest, impersonate your favorite sportscaster. So the night comes, and I'm working on a truck. So we're listening, we're listening, we're doing jobs, we're doing jobs. So the guy I'm working with says, we go over to Buster's house, my father in law, uh, and we'll call from there. So I call up and I win this thing. It turns out, you know, we made the call from his father in law's house. And sure enough, I win this foolish thing. So uh, uh, prior to each game, all season long and during halftime, they'd play my voice doing OJ. So you and I are sitting in the stadium, remember? Uh with them five black guys in front of (laughs) us. And uh, the guy goes, man, you hear that cat talking like OJ? He sounds just like him. I reached down and tapped the black guy on the shoulder. I said, that was me. No, he says, that ain't you, is it? (laughs) So I laid a little OJ out of me going, do me, man. (laughs) Do me, he says. Do me, man.
0: Let's hear a little of the OJ.
2: See, well, you know, prior to coming to Buffalo, you know, back then, you know, I didn't have a toboggan or a sled, you know, so I really didn't want to come to Buffalo, you know. (laughs) But right, right after that, we get a call, and we go to this black girl's house over on Wilson Street, see? So we walk in, and we fix what we have to fix. Turns out she had been listening to the contest, and she's got her little girl there, cuter than hell, you know, with the little pigtails and everything, you know? And she goes, man, I can't believe you won that. I said, well, I did win it. That's the way it is, you know. She says, "Uh, do you sing? I said, oh yeah. So (laughs) she goes, uh, she goes and gets her, she said, I play bass down at the church. Now we're on gas company time, see? So she comes out with her bass and she starts playing, boom, 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 boom. She said, no, wait till I call Grandma. So there were no cell phones. So she gets her on the phone and puts the uh, phone on the counter. And she says, Grandma, this man going to sing for you. So here we go. She's doom, doom, doom. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. And the little girl's chucking and digging away. And I had to sing the whole song. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. <laughs> And the whole song went on and on and on. I mean, crazy stuff would go on, you know, oh my God. But then I tried to, um, oh, the Bills have finally beaten Miami after 21 games. And I'm at my mother-in-law's house. And Howard Cassell is the announcer, see. I said, I'm gonna nail him. So I call the stadium, I go, can I please speak to Howard Cassell? And And the girl says, Who's this? I said, this is O.J. Simpson. I want to talk to Howard Cassell. <laughs> uh, during the game, he instead of Reggie McKenzie, he's calling him Reggie McKeever. Reggie McKeever. <laughs> you know, Howard. So uh, the girl says, oh, just a minute, Mr. Simpson. So I get hooked up with another girl. I said, this is O.J. I want to talk to Howard Cassell. <laughs> so anyway, I get Bud Thalman, the last person I want, because him and O.J. are great friends. And this guy picks up the phone. He's going, Juice, Juice, we're beating Miami. And he's going, I'm like, man, I'm a dead duck. (laughs) Juice, how so-and-so? No, I, I don't have any answers. See, I'm running... And I hear the guy go, oh, okay, buddy. So two, day, <laughs> two days later in the paper set, an imposter, O.J. Called, made a congratulatory call, but an imposter also called.
4: <laughs> but he was
2: found out. I go, found out? I almost had that fool. <laughs> but then I found out why there was such a screening. The year before at RFK Stadium, Muhammad Ali was fighting uh, George Foreman in Zaire Africa and this kid from Hamilton, Ontario, had an entire conversation with Howard Cassell and totally pulled the wool over his eyes. And Cassell went back on the Monday night football. I just spoke with the champ. He's ready to fight. He never felt so good in his life, you know. Well, then the kid from Hamilton made it known. And of course, Cassell was pissed off because he couldn't take the joke. Yeah. So when it came my turn, that's why I had to go through all that like, screening, but I had to so bad, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know. What
0: would you think when, uh, in 94, when he, you know, he got in a little bit of trouble?
2: We just slice it and dice it, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought of doing that? Because there's a, there's a radio show that, in Buffalo, we just had the guy on, uh, Jim Kurtzel. They don't do it as well as you do. You well you
2: know one thing I'm Sam Magley or whatever they wear them shoes you know you know I wasn't wearing them
0: <laughs> them were Italian
2: shoes I wouldn't wear them You
0: know. and now he's coming back out like he's like hey I'm the juice again how are you if you got any questions about football give me a call isn't that hilarious to see? I, won a,
2: I, I did win a couple more uh, contests with that jackass what's his name Bowerly oh yeah 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 <laughs> and the one I'm standing on the corner of Elmwood and North and it's pouring rain and I'm on the phone with this guy I'm like I I went two tickets to this show. That's how it turned
1: out. So how how'd you get into the gas company? Was that your first job? Yeah, my company? only job. That was it? Yeah. It was a fella named Stu Ridge, was
2: a superintendent, and if you were from South Buffalo, hire you that's how I got it. Timmy Farrell's father said took pity on me and said, go, go see the Stu Ridge and I got the job. That's
0: how I got the job. How old
2: Seventeen.
0: Yeah. How many years? How many years did you go? Forty. Forty years. Yeah. Good for you.
2: One night we're working, I'm working on the construction crew now. We're over on, across from Maynard's Tavern at the time, on Walden Avenue. It's cold, five or ten above. We're there all afternoon and all night. And there's a dog laying there dead. Not only had a rigor mortar sit in, he's frozen. And when he died, his lips were over his teeth, his eyes were bugged, and the red tongue was hanging out the side, and his legs were straight out like this. And I'm thinking, man, I got to do something with this. There's got to be something here. <laughs> so I look on. The, I look over Maynard's Tavern, and here's a payphone. Now, because of the neighborhood, half of these people didn't have phones in their house, so they were using the payphone. So I said to my buddy Dave, I said, "Watch this." I took that crazy-looking thing over there, and I set them right underneath the phone book. and I go back and go, "Now watch this." <laughs> First customer, he come diddy-bopping down. He's going to use the phone. He saw that dog going, woo hoo, 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 hoo He's He's hollering, effing and carrying on. And he took off. So we're leaning on the shovels, trying you know, not do. He do not want anybody to see us laughing. Here comes this woman, about 300 pounds, whiteland down the street. See, she's going to use the phone. She got right up there and looked at that creature.
6: Ah! She ah!
2: She's screaming. She looks at us. She goes, do he bite? I said, no, he don't bite. Yeah, he bite. I'm going to get on out of here back down the street.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Some of the stuff. Uh, well, you, you you touched on the Southside Grill. Uh, I, I've i been told that, that that was a place of a lot of memories and a, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say debauchery, but. Uh, a lot of nonsense. A lot of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: Well, it was funny because. Seneca Street was, you'll agree with me on this, between the south side and the pool hall, I mean, there were rough guys on Seneca Street. But then there was guys from the east side, right? Yeah. You know these people show up. It was all iron workers back then. Uh, I forget the business agent's name. uh, It doesn't matter. But bricklayers, iron workers, and different people, from they'd come from all over.
5: Everybody was working then.
2: Yeah, and maybe if you were from Aber Road and you didn't fit on that Aber Road, like some people we know, you hung <laughs> around Seneca Street, and it was crazy. It was crazy. Tell me about Wacky Mackey.
5: Oh, jeez, there was a guy named Jack Mackey, and he was crazy. I think he's still in jail. I think he threatened the president, President Nixon, so he's probably <laughs> still in jail. <laughs> but uh, he got an argument with a guy in the Southside Grill. And the guy grabbed him and threw him through the window, and Jack Mackey, Wacky Mackey, went out onto Seneca Street. The guy went out the door, grabbed Mackey, and threw him back in the cell, <laughs> through the window again. <laughs> Who was that, the guy? Are we not saying? Uh, that guy happened to be your
0: father. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Lord, have mercy! He's right down the street. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! You can't even defend himself. The hell yeah. with
2: him. <laughs> Wacky Macky. Now Wacky Macky was a burglar and a thief, see. Mm-hmm. So he steals. This is coming from your uh, your uncle Dave Prisell. He steals. He breaks into this place. He steals a Stradivarius violin. A Stradivarius violin. There's only like. <laughs> Ten of them in the world. And he steals it. So he takes it to the pawn shop. Well, the pawn dealer. You look he at Mackey. Look at Mackey. He look at this guy. So obviously, he you know, they nailed him for it. So the story went on. He went up before Judge Matina. And Judge Matina, in other words, told him. Jack, you got to give it up, man. You're the worst burglar I ever saw. He says, <laughs> he says I got to send you to jail. But when you get out, come and see me because the judge told him, you got to straighten out. You're the worst there ever was. He, he thought he was going to get 10 bucks for this violin, not knowing it was worth a couple hundred grand. You know?
0: Now, Now, Mark, I don't know if you know this, but we actually have the owners of the George Bachman here.
2: Oh God.
0: I, I do my research voice.
2: And a famous craft it was too. Oh. Aye. 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 It turned out to build beer suds to come out. Oh. This was a boat you guys owned? Yeah. George Bachman was an engineer and an architect, right, John?
5: Yeah. Artist. And an, an alcoholic. Engineer. And a drunk. <laughs> drunk every day.
2: And he was quite a character himself. He uh he went to bed with Joe Lewis's one of the girls from Joe Lewis's Entourage down at uh oh, what was the name of the joint? Uh oh, for the Christ's sakes I can't remember it. But anyway, uh so Joe Lewis came in with his entourage, you know. So him and the girl tie up and they go up to the room. And you had to know Bachman. He weighed about what, hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always had a sport go down.
5: He had a girl on each arm. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. In this oh. day.
2: It wasn't the little harlem it was uh the famous place dog gone i can't come up with it but anyway he's up in bed and the door swings open there's joe lewis (laughs) he says oh my i thought i breathed my last he says (laughs) (laughs) joe came in and said a bottle of uh red johnny walker on and walked back out yeah Wow. I, I said, why. I said, George, what did you do? He says, I just pulled the covers over
0: my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you guys named a boat after him? After George,
2: oh, yeah. yep, yep. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> tell tell him when you were down at Erie Basin gassing up, John, when you had the family out there. Oh, you going to make a fool out of me. <laughs> well, look at me. <laughs> at least you ain't wearing headphones. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, we took the boat to Erie Basin Marina to get gas. Get on up in day. May. We were the first get ones down. in the water every year, and the last ones out of the water every year at the marina. So we went to this place to get gas in the boat, and I got a. It's May, early May. I got a heavy jacket on, long pants, je- uh, jeans. I took a step off of that boat and went right in the water.
2: <laughs> and there was a crowd there, right? And
5: I thought I was going to the bottom. And I had, I had a hand on a line. The woman wanted a case of beer because I was the first one that year. <laughs> and the water was what, about 38 degrees? Yeah. I weighed about 400 pounds when they pulled me out.
1: <laughs> well, we got a fifth mic as well, too. We got... We got uh, Little Little Wilbur Fulton, on had a at a fifth bike over here too. I, I'm sure that he's got some some good ones that Wilbur can tell.
3: Oh man, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think you've touched on on uh, a lot of the the stories. I would know, uh, but I, I what I what people always ask when I'm if I'm out or something. Everyone growing up when I was young and hanging out in bars, younger it, people would always ask if I oh do you sing. Do you dance? You got the spoons? You play the spoons? <laughs> like, <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean, I, you've told it before, but how? I wanna know where you got into the, the Johnny, the routines, the carrying on in the bars and.
2: Well, I knew who Johnny Cash was. But well, when I was in the service, I was the only Yankee. Everybody was from the South. The Southern guys, 24 hours, Johnny Cash blaring. So eventually I got to know every song that there was, you know, Johnny Cash, and uh, but that's how that came to be. But uh, I don't know, just acting like a jackass, I guess. I don't know. That, that's how it all evolved, you know.
0: <laughs> I I was working recently, and uh I was I was at a bar, and uh, Wilbur's on his way out. He stopped by he singing Amazing Grace with these three women at, at a table. And, and it, it was so good. They had such a good time. And I, I seen them weeks later. They go, is the guy here that sings? I go, he doesn't work here. I go table to table. He goes, well, he should. So maybe that'd be a little, uh, you know, side gig in retirement.
2: We're all out in Las Vegas. What was that, 79 or so? 80. Somewhere. 1980. 80. So uh, I'm in a Flamingo Lounge and there's one band, they take a break. Another show band, they were show band. So uh, every once in a while, he'd ask, "You want to get up and sing?" He'd ask. Them. So I went to the laboratory, came back, and I think Turk, had said, "Ask my friend to sing." So I said, "Yeah, what the hell?" So I noticed he had two mics his mic and another mic he went to hand me the other mic i said no nah, give me that mic i'm gonna be here a while <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know john I, you know I, I missed some of it but uh i so i'm singing johnny cash and the showgirls were right
5: they were dancing right behind right behind it, right. you were dancing with the girl oh man that was the debut and that i guess there debut. were even
2: some people coming in off the tables you know So now, okay. So we were all done with that and laughing. We're all at the bar, ten of us. And I think it was Ricky Carr tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, "Those two guys want to talk to you." So I went over, and the guy says, "You consider doing this for a living?" I said, "Man, I'm going home and get married. I like water heaters for a living." I said, "I'm getting the hell out of here." (laughs) It was never anything. It was never a passion of mine. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a passion.
0: Oh, yeah, and it's funny, you go around the world and people meet people from our uh, neighborhood and they're like, this guy should be famous. Uh, Yeah, I got to work on Monday, you know? (laughs) To us, it's just everyday life, you know? Storytelling and entertaining, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, and I'm not the only one. South Buffalo's always loaded with a a ton of entertainers. It's just the kind of neighborhood it is, right? Yeah. I mean, some of the funniest people I ever saw in my life were right from South Buffalo. Yeah so you know it is what it is
0: give us a little johnny
2: <laughs> early one morning while i'm making my rounds i took a shot of cocaine and i shot that woman down i went right home and i went to bed i stuck that lovin' 44 beneath my head wow get <laughs> up the next morning and i grabbed that gun i took a shot of cocaine and away i run made a good run but i run too slow they overtook me down in Juarez, Mexico. Something like that. That's I don't know. great. But, you know. Oh, prob- we're getting the
1: guitars out soon. Oh, okay. You did better believe it. Did ever hear that? Yeah. Was- yeah oh, <laughs> did <do> my neighbors ever <laughs> hear That's why that fence is there.
2: <laughs> 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 About the fifth beer, I you know. Oh, my God. But, um, so, you know, I always, like, mimic voices. I don't know if you guys remember Walter Brennan from mm. the Real McCoys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old was I when I first seen Old Rivers? Well, I can't remember when he weren't around. He lived in a one-room shack, not not far from us, and he spent his whole life walking plowed ground. And by the way, you know Mike Syker, the weatherman? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah we know. Oh, he talks like, uh... now, Tomorrow, if you're in the metro area, you're going to be all right. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you're down in Jamestown, make sure you're wearing pants. Because... <laughs>
0: I actually, I, we got called to do, a, uh, to do a, it was called Winging It, and we were on for a little while making wing sauces. Uh, I was on. These guys would stay in the back. So the first day he comes back, Mike Zyka, he's there. Yeah. And this guy, Joe Arena, yeah. Joe Arena, he brought us in, and he goes to me and the Barretts, he goes, uh, listen, Jimbo, don't say a word to Mike Zyka. Oh, and t- his Mark's brother Tim looks at me. or Looks at him and goes, "You should not have said that." Ah, ha, ha. so, you brought up the so we're country. hanging out with him, and I'm like, "Hey, Mike Syka, how chilly is it going to be down in the southern tier tomorrow?" And he, oh, everybody got mad at me, and they they whisked us out. Oh, it wasn't my the first God. time we were kicked out of a news why station. Why me? couldn't
2: you talk to him? Because he to just
0: talk? got done with the pants thing, where he <laughs> caught him with his pants off. Oh, he oh. was smelling. Uh, uh, leather with chaps on, with a bunch of lube. Wow. So I, I don't that. know how he must was have doing been away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you down in Bradford. What did you, didn't you he try your to your steal a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. But he was like licking the leather, like he had like a, a thing with leather or something. Oh
2: Lord have mercy, I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> I can't believe you do a Mike psychic impression. That's hilarious. But
2: <laughs> well, like I told you, Jimmy, if you're up in the metro, you're gonna be fed. The sun will be shining, be nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
0: And Wilbur, you owed in a bar, Terry and Wilbur's. Yeah. Oh, Lord. You
1: and Jimmy have something in common here. Yeah. Don't yeah.
0: remind me. Oh, the, my God. The worst Where life.
1: was it? It was M- Mineral Springs in Seneca?
2: Yeah. Holy Wonderful place Jesus. that was. <laughs> <laughs> my friends were drunks. So I was drunk.
4: <laughs>
2: How long did it last? I don't know. I, I was drunk. <laughs> yeah. I, the hell did I know. I don't know. No?
5: About two or three years. Yeah. Oh, that's the Ed's oh, oh,
2: Yeah. Oh, Ed's laid off. John's laid off. Oh, eh? yeah. And they're laid off making twice the money I'm making. I'm like, <laughs>
1: Jimmy's bar here lasted what seven years? Seven and some change. Doubles the average and still takes shit for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't, I don't, don't understand fucker. it. I don't understand <laughs> it. But what, what what was Terry and Wilbur's like?
5: It was bizarre. Everybody <laughs> was in there. Everybody was drunk. Oh, we had a a guy came in. He he was a a drunk, and he was uh, rehabilitated. Pancho Divine. Pancho. remember Pancho. I do. Anyway, he came into town. He was living in Rochester or something. He had a nice home, a wife, a kid. He comes into town. He's there drunk. For about four days, calls up, quits his job, and never went back to Rochester.
2: <laughs> he got caught up in the in the oh, tsunami. The tsunami right. got him.
3: Might still be there. Now there's oh. a Scottish
2: story. They call him Pancho, and the reason they called him Pancho, his mother was from Scotland, and his real name was Patrick Joseph, and she called him Pot Joe. Pot Joe. Pot Joe. Time to get in the house. Pot Joe. <laughs> And the kids all thought you were saying poncho <laughs>
0: instead
5: that of poncho. That was Yeah. See, I, I gotta... was a
0: kid. Well, speaking of that, what do you think of the younger guys today, the way they carry themselves? When You guys grew up. You were a man's man. Nowadays, it seems like everything is handed. What's your impression growing up in 2019 now?
2: Well, I can only speak about my own family. I mean, yeah. you know and
0: john's family i mean you guys did well yeah
2: well i mean our sons i mean you they know, did I'm, okay. uh, i love I'm, I'm proud of my sons and i'm just like he is you know the sure. firefighters and retired cops and this and that no i i'd say it about the same you know yeah. the only thing they they didn't have to live with was the draft yeah you know yeah. So, i mean there was a lot of turmoil back then yeah you know some guys are dodging the draft some guys are going in some guys doing this you know and i guess there was some bad feelings back then i sure there was a lot of bad feelings but you know it was survival yeah i mean look at me i, I nobody was as blessed as i was lord have mercy you know i, I thank the lord every day that i didn't i didn't have to do it you know and when people come up to me and they go well we want to thank you for your service i go Keep that for somebody else, because that's got nothing to do with me. Five million guys did what I did. It's, yeah. the, it's the guys that, did, that John and I know that did it. Right. Were wounded, got medals. Some of them died. Not too many, but some of them died. Mm-hmm. So uh, from my perspective, I always tell people, hey, I was drunk for two years, you know. <laughs> you, know you don't want to thank me, you know, because I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You did
5: something well yeah i had a ball
2: for myself while i had money (laughs) two days a month yeah two days a month broke i remember one time the loan shark got me i said i gotta get out in the village i gotta get out there let me hold 20 bucks 20 for 40. i said i don't care 20 for what Give give me the 20. out the gate i went he got transferred. I never did get around to paying him back. <laughs>
5: so should've wherever you are, 40. buddy, You should have huh? got forty. I should have got forty of them.
2: <laughs> Lord, I'm telling Dave you.
5: Dave Purcell always said, "You always ask for twice as much as you need."
0: <laughs> oh, Purcell, it no. David, no. And you know, we're doing a lot of singing here and everything else. I'm in. Zellum Z Austria Billy's playing hockey for us we go over there play a world tournament Wilbur's on a trip so I'm I'm drunk walking down the street and I hear someone singing Neil Diamond I walk into this bar Wilbur's holding court with his buddy Reinhardt
2: Reinhardt
0: <laughs> yeah and singing <laughs> he's singing Neil Diamond to him and and so I go in I'm having a couple beers and at dawn's on Wilbur he goes you know I just been realizing. I'm singing you a Jew song, and we're a goddamn Aryan nation.
2: <laughs> With a name like Reinhard Rutledge, <laughs>
0: this
2: man was definitely an Aryan.
0: And he's sitting there, he's inviting him over to the pool. You come down in Shenandoah, I'll have you over to the pool. We'll have a good time, Reinhard. <laughs> he was a good buddy of yours for a couple of days. Yeah, I had learned a little bit of German, so he appreciated that fact. You yeah. Know,
2: that I, uh, you know.
0: But everywhere you go, like if you see Wilbur, he's having a great time, and everybody around him's having a great time, and and you know that's that's the best part about Wilbur, I think, you know Wilbur.
2: Yeah, well, there's a lot of bartenders wish they never see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, they they probably love it when you walk in, and then a few hours later, they're like, Jesus, oh,
0: somebody oh, else get on the jukebox. Christ box. <laughs> Almighty, get rid of him. You know? But we we got into a bench brawl that year, the last game oh, yeah. against the host team, Austria. So there's no police. They're bringing the military police in. So who's leading the charge back to the hotel where we got all the kids walking the bags back. Here's Wilbur with his work boots on, South Buffalo sweatshirt going, we better get the hell out of Dodge. Let's go. (laughs) And he's leading the charge. And we thought we were going to get thrown out of the country. The next day, the town is loving us saying, oh, my God, you've brought North America hockey to Europe. We'd (laughs) love to have you back next year. I said is this serious and and we went back the next year but we had a ball over there oh my god
2: we're drinking punta Gamer, which was the the beer from the um, the local beer in in, yeah. in zellum c and it came in what like 20 ounce green bottles yeah. remember and i remember me and uh jimmy sent a ball here and then everybody else comes and so now we're singing Donkey Shane, darling, Donkey Shane, <laughs> thank you for seeing me, you know, and all this yeah. stuff. Now we're pissed at the ears because this stuff's about, what, 12% alcohol. Oh, yeah. And we're slugging them down at 70 degrees. <laughs> so Reinhardt says to me the next day, he goes, Well, you got funny friends. He says that. Uh, they drink, they laugh, they drink, they laugh, then they fight. <laughs> <laughs> and then they laugh more. I said, oh, yeah. I said, nobody's used to this beer, you
0: know. <laughs> we had to ask them to put it on ice when we got there because it's, it's like room temperature beer. And, and uh, they they didn't accept tips, and they didn't serve ice cold beer. Well, those things changed within 24 hours when you didn't tip them. They wanted to know where their tip was, and then they wanted to know do you need more cold beer they they invite us every year still and you know that was we were very lucky to get invited to that and the the help we got but we're having a fundraiser and uh for the licensed to talk alumni uh, ray McGurn was running the fundraiser of course and wilbur calls him up and he says i got you ten thousand he goes ten thousand that's great wilbur he goes no, no, not money. 10,000 BTUs. I got a gas grill you can raffle
4: off. <laughs> I write
2: a letter to Bernie Kennedy, the president of the gas company, so we need help here. You know. So he sent me a 10,000 BTU gas grill. Man,
3: there was actually, I thought that the whole thing was a joke. There was actually a grill? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> he actually got the grill. For the bloody oxen.
2: I say, hey, you cheap bastard. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Still going He's down to 8,000 <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that was one hell of a trip Holy gee. Yeah it's Years off my life You didn't get hung over over there Because I don't know if it was the preservatives and the beer The mountain air But, but you we probably were... didn't sober up Yeah well that, I think that's what it was <laughs>
2: Well these oh. kids are in the room Oh, yeah, They're watching oh. porn I'm talking about <laughs> The real McCoy. Yeah, it's and it's on a local channel. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's like after, it was like after 8 p.m. It wasn't even that late. It was just the hardcore stuff right on, right on your base, right after the evening news. I'll finish the story because
0: we have a team breakfast down there and Wilbur comes down. God damn it. I had to get that TV out of that kid's room. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, if I didn't, that kid was going to go blind. <laughs> And he oh. got it. He took
3: the T V right out of the kid's yeah. room that was next to him. There it was, was well, go ahead. There, there was the shared balconies, right? Yeah. Remember the they could cross you could it was a little the balconies went touched both rooms and there was just a railing in between so peeking over the balcony. God damn You know, you gotta be you're the one that found it out, so you're everyone's everyone's watching. Well the that was might a kid by himself, right? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> jump over the balcony, and going through this balcony door to get the TV. I mean,
2: I'm in my 40s. They're pulling stunts I never even thought of. I, <laughs> I mean, on the TV.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, now, now, I'm 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 pissed because I'm like, why do I have to be next hey, to this room? Yeah. Why Why me? But it's
3: got to be you to fight. Yeah.
2: So the next day, I go down to the front desk. Here's this gorgeous. Austrian woman I said hey can I talk to you I said uh the kids are getting pornography in the room not pornography educational
0: Educational <laughs> I mean these are the
2: Scheiser videos. These are it'd be educational if I had a little more than something to work you bring with. Them all back
0: you bring them all back and they're blind.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so my father uh, said to me, he says, you know, if you do that you'll lose your sight. I said, I'm over here, Dad.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's like growing up, all I
2: used to hear is Billy, quit pulling your pork. Now it's on menus. what the hell is this deal
1: so I was talking to your son Ray today and he said that your your dad grew up in the projects well we lived in the project uh,
2: I was only there five years they lived there 17 years altogether. but for them it was a bonus because they lived in an old place on uh, I think Zittle so when they got the project was brand new so you got a brand new stove, a brand new refrigerator, everything was nice. So back then, living in the project, there was no shame in it, that was like, are you kidding me, this is, they thought they died and went to heaven. Well then, things started changing, you know. We got thrown out of there because my father, who lost every job he ever had, finally got a good job and the neighbor blew <clears throat> him in that he was making too much money. Really. So then we had to move back to South Buffalo, you know. And we bought on the estate, so all the furniture and everything came with it. And I guess it was gorgeous antique furniture. <laughs> First thing the old man did was he cut it into two foot pieces and put it to the curb. <laughs> so while he loaded it out there, the woman come by and said, "What are you doing with our? Do? What are you you're ruining those antiques?" He says I've had antiques my whole life. I want to see something come out of the box once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so for a poor man, an antique isn't worth a shit. Cause he been, he's yeah, what's new? His life, you know? yeah. No.
1: He said that he was a short guy. He had a little little man's complex there. So he knocked oh. some, knocked a big one of the big boys out one day.
2: Oh lord,
5: <laughs> he get a couple of them. Oh lord,
2: <laughs> he was five four, had red hair, and he was stuttering. he was rave with colored people down at <laughs> St. Louis. Now, if that don't give you a complex nothing, <laughs> so we got a, uh, what, what would have been a block party. So all of they're all in there. I'm Tenny Barr, me and Larry Dan, and everybody. You know, all the men are joking around, showing off. Well, I remember one guy sticking out his beer belly, and yeah, everybody's laughing. You know, so big Frank McDonald was in there, got <clears throat> about six five two eighty five. And I look at my old man, and I go, oh, Lord. I could see the, he getting that lip, you know. So he's standing in front of Frank. Earl Frank's going, you know, how are you, Earl? Boom. He knocked Frank out cold. <laughs> so I get him out of there. I get him home in bed, and he's laying there going,
4: hey, hey, hey,
2: hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey now i hear frank coming up the driveway i said you got trouble now here comes frank he's gonna whoop your ass dad he <laughs> and he's still going ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well thank god that the neighbors helped frank off cause frank would uh <laughs> he'd look like a pretzel when frank got home. <laughs> but he had a rough life my father you know you know rough always losing jobs Yeah. He got one shit ass job, he called it. The first day he suckered the guy, the, the boss. That was the end of that job. You know? <laughs> oh, he's getting shit jobs, you know. They don't make them like that anymore, you know. Hopefully. But he came, originally, he was born in St. Louis, but his family, they were Welch. They were from Shenandoah, down that way, in the coal mines. And his father left because he didn't like the way the Welch treated the Irish. So in the movie, the original movie, the Molly Maguires, um, two of my uncles are depicted, or two of my father's uncles, the Davies, are depicted in that movie. Wow. Damn. If you ever saw the movie with um, Harris, the English Harris. I, I forget. James Harris? Is it James nah. James? Richard Harris. Richard, Richard Harris. Hellraiser. Yeah. And uh, Sean uh, Connery. Yeah. it's a great movie. But those were his. But his father, he, he didn't. He didn't go along with that. so That's why he... And then my my grandmother, of course, he was spreading sperm all over the place. (laughs) So she finally caught up with him, and that's why my father was in St. Louis. And then years later, a guy knocked on the door when we were in the project and said, are you Earl Fulton? He said, yeah. He goes, I'm your brother. And he goes, I didn't know I had one. He goes, well, I'm him. And sure enough, Looked like identical twins really and then another guy came to the park school uh, Thomas James Fulton my brother went out there was another one yeah. so his his brother it left Philadelphia and came here but my father was close you know in the parish oh I want to get married oh my fathers I'll go down and talk to the priest he goes down and talks to the priest says, yeah I'll marry him have him fill out the paperwork and everything. The priest come back to my father and goes, "He's already married. <laughs> <laughs> He's married back in Philadelphia. Tell him to clean that up." <laughs> I go, just like his old man. I <laughs> <laughs> come so, on, John, you got some tales here.
5: My brother Ed was going to the Adirondacks, and his car wasn't wasn't too reliable, so uh, he wanted to borrow my car. So I give him my car the day before he's leaving, and I take Ed's car. So that night, I pull up in front of my mother and father's house. I get out of the car, and three guys are there and beat the shit out of me. <laughs> well, come to find out the night, the day before, the night before, Ed loaned the car to a friend of ours, Snappy, Glenn Kirkendall and Snappy was hitting some girl in the back and, and got caught by the, guy's, by the girl's husband or boyfriend. Anyway, I took the beating for Snappy.
4: <laughs>
5: Ed should have got the beating. No, or Snappy. <laughs> well, then Ed
2: could have passed it down. The one when you were out in front of Hoppers, and the three guys were chasing you. You figure, I'll get the Hoppers, I'll be goodin'. The cavalry will come out. In a oh,
5: that was uh, Franco's Stag. I left Franco's Stag. I was parked out in front. It was when Cass uh, Park had some music thing going on. And, uh, so I pulled out and I must have cut somebody off because I was bombed. And Terry Lewis was walking, which lives about 300 yards away. So I pulled over to give him a ride that he didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> So this guy pulls alongside of me, and he don't want to let he don't want to let it up. I, I I apologize and everything. So then he gets out of the car. So then I get out of the car. And we get behind. I'm this guy's gonna kill me. So I punched him. And he punched me, and I went down on the ground. And when I got up, my leg was turned around the other way.
4: <laughs> so he thought I broke my leg. <laughs>
0: Let's Slate get the a, hell out of here. The s- guy said. Slate has a fake leg for those listening. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, the,
1: well, you're saying all these nicknames. What, what what were the nicknames? It seems like they're just everywhere. We don't have them like you guys had. Uh, uh. The Dysons had
2: the best nicknames. They was Skinhead Barney Skunk. Oh, <laughs> uh, what were the girls' names? I forget the girls' names. Are. Oh boy. And they, they were they were a... They were, a, they were a mother and man. father had nicknames. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, doggone it all. Now I can't come up with it.
5: Tillsworth or something. Got Jaws,
2: Moose, Shorty,
0: uh, John Boy. Yeah, we really don't get... That's just a like, hunting crew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's more of a take off your name now. You, you don't hear these... We used to call a guy uh, Shark Ball. We started a rumor that he had one testicle. Well, this guy passed away and everybody, you know, everybody's at, at the wake saying, hey, you know, I can't believe I picked on him. Well, we, we kind of came out and said, hey, uh, he had two testicles. We, we were lying the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. His
1: his brother only has one now.
0: So how weird is that? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's, uh, <laughs> so, well, uh, I mean,
0: some uh, nicknames are nasty, you know, uh, you know, there's there's. They call my brother-in-law "dog wiener." <laughs> so then, so then, years later, his little brother they tr- they tried to start calling him "puppy dick," <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it didn't stick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you literally, got, it, <laughs> seemed like, yeah. it seemed like yeah. your nicknames
1: were like harmless or or something, you know. But ours. They're, they're nasty, Depending you know?
5: what mistakes you made in life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how you got your... Well, name. tell them where you
2: got the nickname Sleep. No, I can't.
5: I, can't. I wouldn't put that on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't put it on it, but
2: you might as well. I got that, that on eighth, in eighth grade is when I got there. Well, well, that. Yeah, how you get that, that, that though? Nah, the that Statue of Limitations go is
1: that. up on that.
0: <laughs> that's private. Uh, <laughs> that's for a live show. When we have our live show. And you're still in good shape, Wilbur. You're exercising every day, aren't you? Still riding a bike and stuff?
2: Yeah, well, I smoke a lot.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Drink a lot.
2: Drink a lot and smoke. That'll keep your weight off. Yeah. Well, you look good.
0: You ah, look good you for know. 70.
2: Yeah. Next month. I don't look too good for Thanks. 68, but I look good for 70. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you st- you, you st- kept with the running. You were the uh one of the first people jogging in the neighborhood i was the first jogger in south buffalo cops used to
2: follow me <laughs> i swear to it it was 1968 and i'm jogging the cops are following there was one other guy a boxer his name was wolf powers he would jog we pass each other and what the hell's the matter with him
0: <laughs> i'm telling you that's a that's an honest to god fact nobody knew what you were doing Cause it wasn't, it didn't come back out till like the late 70s, really big. Yeah, well, people
2: will go to gyms and run around in circles.
5: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll make it crazy. Well,
4: I
5: ran on the streets. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good for you that jog, and it puts ten years, two years on your life. <laughs> but but you spend them jogging <laughs>
0: <laughs> instead of sitting around drinking. I well, think I'd be coming home, Mark, from the bars and. Wilbur would be out getting ready to run, and I'd just be getting home. I lived down, I grew up down the street here, and uh, <laughs> said, "You better get home to get that meal." Yeah, I know. see <laughs> <laughs> him and Sean.
2: I'd
3: say, "Yeah, I know where you're headed." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, re- real quick, at the, uh, what was it, the uh, seven feet of snow, two thousand, when, when was that? Two thousand, no, right? ninety-nine. Well, whenever we had the big snowstorm, in yeah, seventies. yeah, that was just recently. Yeah, now, you used to jog all the time, every day, or get out on the bike. You're doing something, and I remember in the middle of the blizzard, you know, I'm going jogging. I'm going out for a run. I think like ten hours later, I'm running, running home. I ran ten miles. Wow, oh, I ran ten miles in a blizzard. I, you ran hoppers. The whole time. You ran right up the hoppers.
4: <laughs>
3: One time,
2: I'm going to work. <laughs> and, and it's uh it's ten above, and there was like an eighth of an inch of powder. And I'm going over on Mineral Spring Road, two and a half miles. I'm taking my bike. Beth says, "Are you crazy? This is nine thirty at night. I got to be you know work at eleven o'clock." I said, "No, I'll be all right. I used to go in the snow. It didn't matter. I had good good tires, you know." So uh. She says, I think you're nuts. My last words to her were, do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> I get over the mineral mineral of Frank and down I go, wow, did I go down high? My right elbow, I'm laying there, I'm going, I know it's broke. But the pain didn't bother me. It was my last words to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, I'm stupid?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you... you you, you talk about uh, telling a lot of jokes. In my travels, I've heard that there was a situation with a psychic years ago with you. Would, would you like to share that with us?
2: Yeah, where's the lighter? <laughs> oh, you got it here. Okay, so this actually happened uh, 18 months ago. We're all in Key West, a bunch of us. We're drinking and laughing, going from bar to bar. And... um So we're in uh, Mr. Tony's. No, Mr. Tony's, I guess is the name of the place. So we're out at the bar carrying on. Now, the back room is empty. But I go go to buy a T-shirt. So I get the T-shirt. I run to the bathroom. I'm coming back. I put the T-shirt on. I'm coming back. And this guy bumps into me. He says, Jesus, you're like a rock. He says to me. So we start laughing. Real sharp looking guy. Could have been a Boston lawyer, this guy. And uh, he said, where are you from? I said, Buffalo, he goes. He turns out, you know, it never dawned on me, but he's stalling me here. You know, he said, oh, I'm from Alexandria Bay, and we're laughing, you know. So all of a sudden, his wife comes up, real gorgeous girl, blonde girl, really beautiful girl. He steps back, and she says, I'm your angel. I've been looking for you for a long time. She says, I've been looking for you for a long time. She said, God gave you a gift, and you've wasted it. And God doesn't look favorably on this. So, uh, you know, I'm really taken back by this. And she said, God gave you that gift. She says, you know, I know you're a humble man, but you're not too old. You've got to, you know, God gave you this gift. You were supposed to be a millionaire by now. I, and I said to her, I said, well, I always wanted to win a lot of money, basically to give money away and help people. She goes, "That," she said, that's the pussy way. So she took, took her two hands, and she's tapping on my chest. And this thing comes over me, and I felt like I was going to cry. And she said, don't cry, I'll cry for you. And she was crying. Really? I said, well, my life uh, is utopic, I said. I got a beautiful wife and four sons. I know firefighters. That's not what I'm talking about. Forget that, she says. She's going, America's got talent, Shinta brothers. So I'm really taken back by this. So anyway, I left her and I went out to the bar and I tell him my wife and she goes, well, where is she? And I pointed in the back, I go there back there. And now they were with another couple. So we go back. And a woman says, Beth. And my wife says, what'd you call me? She goes, your name is Beth. The fact that she knew the firefighters that, you know,
0: yeah, your kids are firefighters.
2: Yeah. yeah. And she knew all this stuff. And, um, uh, oh, prior to that, she said, uh, stop drinking now, stop drinking now, right now. Well, obviously that didn't work out, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but this is a true story. Yeah. And, uh, she said, you're his rock. You have to take them to the next level. And I'm like, what? So we went back out to the bar, and they disappeared just like that. But, uh, you know, I was so taken back, I, I never got a chance to get more details. But it was really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to tell a couple of Irish jokes. There go. Now we'll start out slow. So Pat says to Mike, he says, you know, this year I'm going away on a holiday again. But I'm going to do things a bit differently. Why is that, Mike said. He said, well, you know, three years ago when I went to France, Mary got pregnant. You know, two years ago, he says, I went to Spain, and Mary got pregnant. He says, you know, last year when I went to Mallorca, he said, Mary got pregnant. Mike says, well, what are you going to do this year? Oh, he says, I'm taking her with me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the old man, Pat, lost his dog. His best friend is pale, his best friend. He was, Surely he was devastated, heartbroken. Two weeks go by, no dog. That's why he says, Pat, I think you ought to put an ad in the paper. He said, I will. So two more weeks, no dog. She says, Pat, did you put the ad in the paper? He said, I did. She said, well, what did the ad say? He says, here, boy. <laughs> 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 no. So Pat's laying on his deathbed. Moments to go till he passes, and his wife Maggie's with him. Now Pat raised five sons, four of which were six foot and over. He had one that was five foot two, and that bothered him his whole life. Bothered him. So as he lay there in all his agony, he opened his eyes, and he looked at Maggie, and he said, Tell me, Maggie, the runt, is he mine? Aye, Pat, he's yours. He's all yours. And with that, the old man closed his eyes, and he died in peace. And Maggie raised her head in prayer and said, Thank you, Lord. For didn't ask about the other four. <laughs> 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 now hold on. <laughs> so Pat goes for his yearly physical, and after a thorough physical, the doctor goes out and he says, "I got dire news for you, Pat. What is it?" He says, "You'll be dying now. You'll be dying. Uh, you got the cancer." He says, "No, you'll be dying." So homie goes and his son says, "How'd you do, Pa?" He said, "I got some awful dire news, boy. What is it?" He said, I'll be dying now. You'll be dying. The son starts crying. You'll be dying. He said, yeah, I'm dying of the cancer now, he says. And he said, but you know what's Irish, we take the good with the bad, he says. So come on with me now, we'll go down to the pub and have a few pints. So in the meantime, the news is racing through the whole town. So, so Pat and his son are down at the pub and they're having a beer. In comes Pat's three best friends. Pat, we heard the news. You'll be dying now, he said. I'm dying now, he said. So they said, what is it that's going to take you? He said, I'll be dying of the AIDS now. I'm dying of the AIDS. And his son looked at him, you know. AIDS, is it? He said, yeah, I'll be dying of the AIDS now. So they had another beer and his three friends left, and his son turned to me. He says, Pa, I thought you said you was dying of cancer. <laughs> he says, I am, but I don't want them three bagging your mother while I'm away. <laughs> 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 Jesus,
3: suffering Christ.
2: I feel bad for Slade. You got to sit through these again.
3: (laughs) You got the one about done? You got the one about done? No, I don't, (laughs) but I'll get to it.
2: So a bunch of the fellas are sitting around one night and bored stiff in the pub. And they said, all right, let's have a contest. Everybody throw your money in the hat. Whoever come up with the best toast win all the money. So they throw their money in the hat, one by one, each one. So Pat's the last one, he stands up in front of all the fellas. And he raises his pint and he said, here's to spending the rest of me life between the legs of my beautiful wife. Oh, Christ, Pat, take the money <laughs> there. Tell him, you have won hands down. That's beautiful. You have won. Take the money, Pat. So he takes the money and he goes home and he wakes up Maggie and he says, shows her the money. She said, where'd you get that? He said, all oh, the fellas had a bit of a contest and I toasted you. <laughs> and they won the money. She goes, oh, Pat, let me hear the toast. He said, well, I stood up in front of the fellas and raised me pint. And I said, here's to spending the rest of my life sitting in church with my beautiful wife.
4: (laughs) Oh, Pat, she said. (laughs) Oh, that's
2: beautiful. So the next day, she's downtown in the town shopping, see. And one of the fellas comes up and he says, oh, that Pat of yours, he's something. You know, he won the contest last night. He toasted you. She goes, yeah, I know. She said, but I'm a bit miffed about the toast. You know, he hasn't been down there in two years. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time he and the last time he was down there, I had a he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to pull him by his ears to get him down there.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the Irishman sitting at a pub, see. He's been in there all day. Now it's 10 o'clock at night. And he sh- he throws up all over himself, all over his shirt. Oh, Jesus, he says. Holy oh, Christ, he says. My wife's going to, oh, she'll kill me. Well, The bartender intercedes. He says, don't be a fool, man. When you go home, tell your wife that the fella next to you threw up all over you and put a 10 bill in your pocket and tell her that the fella give you the 10 to get your shirt cleaned. <laughs> so home goes the Irishman. The wife greets him at the door. Oh, Jesus, she says, Christ, you're disgusting. Look at you. Oh, Jesus. He says, wait, wait, wait. I didn't do it. The fella next to me threw up all over me. <laughs> and he gave me this tan to get me shirt cleaned. Oh, she says, Christ, go to bed. Go to bed. So the next day rolls around and his wife's doing the laundry downstairs. And she hollers up, Pat, go back to the pub and get another ten from that fella. He shit in your pants too. <laughs> you want to hear any more of these? Oh, I, keep I, going. I mean, I don't want to. He's heard show. them all. He heard them all hundred times.
1: It's the variety show. Come on. All right, you want to hear more?
2: All right, here oh, we go. Of
1: course.
2: Let you... Yeah, right. it's a ritual now. Every Sunday, for years, Pat and Mike go to church together. to go down to Mass, see? So not unlike any other Sunday, Maggie's fixing Pat's tie, fixing his shirt, and getting them all straightened out. And she said, all right, Light. She says, go enjoy Mass with Mike now. An hour and a half later, he comes back. His nose is bleeding and his lip is cut. She says, where were you? He said, it was at church. She says, how do you explain coming home? Look- how do you account for coming home looking like that? He said, I'll tell you what happened. Mike and I get to church a bit early. We're standing in the pew. And in the pew ahead of us comes Mrs. Finnerty. She's standing in front of us. And her dress is caught in the crack of her ass, he says. <laughs> so me being a gentleman that I am, I reached up and pulled it out for her, and she did this to me, he says. Oh, Christ, his wife's Jesus. So the following Sunday, same thing. Now, don't get in trouble at church. He's fixing his tie and this and that, see. All right, enjoy Mass with Mike. Off they went. Goes back an hour and a half later. His shirt is ripped. He got blood all over him. He's a mess. She says, you were at church. He said, I was. You weren't drinking and fighting, were you? He said, I was at church. She said, how do you account for coming home looking like that? He said, I'll tell you. Mike and I are standing in a pew waiting for mass to begin. Just like last weekend, comes Mrs. Finnerty in a pew ahead of us. And her dress is caught in the crack of her ass. Mike, being a gentleman, he is. He reaches up and pulls it. Up. He reaches up and pulls it out for me, he knowing full well she didn't like it. I stuck it back up. He says.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the jokes are great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, I don't. I, don't I don't know know how... do one or two more. Yeah, Whatever let's hear. It. Yeah, all all the all the couple, I, I mean, I, I got them all. All right, here we go. <laughs> so young Seamus, he gets to school late. None pulls him off the site, She says. You know, Seamus, you were late for your bus. You shouldn't do that. you got to get there on time. He says, Sister, the bus never come for me. She says, I know better, Seamus. Don't let it happen again. Next day, he's late again. The nun says, Seamus, you missed your bus again. He said, Sister, the bus never come for me. She says, I know better. You're late for your bus. One more time and that's it. Next day, sure enough, Seamus is late again. That's it, Seamus, you missed your bus, you were late for your bus. Sister, the bus never come for me, he says. She said, you go home tonight and write 500 times. I must not be late for my bus. Now go. So the little fella goes home, and sure enough, he writes out 500 times. I must not be late. So he goes into school the next morning, hands him to the hands, 500 of them. She looks it over. She goes, well, Seamus, I see all 500 are here. You've done well. But I got to tell you, 500 times in a row you spelled the word bus wrong. He spelled it B-U-S-F. And I want to tell you there is no F in bus. He said, I've been trying to tell you that all week. (laughs) (laughs) One more and then I'm done. That's it. I heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the, the couple's out hunting, see. And the wife takes a shot and hits a skunk. The husband says, that's an endangered species you're shooting at. Oh, she says, I've only wounded him. He's still alive. Jesus Christ, he said, if the warden never comes by, we're in trouble. Oh, I feel bad he's still alive. And the husband looks up. He goes, oh, Christ, here comes the warden. She said, What'll I do? He said, Shove him down your pants. She said, What'll I do about the stink? He said, Hold his nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I ain't gonna All right, well, we're Fulton. Great. You could see Wilbur at any gin mill hole in court. He'll be there for the rest of his life.
2: Yeah, and if it's <laughs> past eight o'clock at night, walk on by. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the variety show. It's, unbelievable.
0: It, it, we keep meeting all these people that we like to introduce. To the to the world, I mean, we got people listening in Asia. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, Slade, how did did you did you ever run into you know being with Wilbur out of town or anything and be like, where did you meet this guy? Like, are people were people amazed at Wilbur when when he'd be holding court, or you just took it for granted? Well, he's quite an entertainer, you know. Uh,
5: every time I go out with him. <laughs> It seems like he wants to entertain, and I don't know why he just doesn't go out and really. Maybe we'll make that happen. I Mark. think that
1: this yeah. is the start, you know. Yeah. I think, I think he just needs a microphone and a couple beers in his back porch. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's it, you know. I mean, you went to kindergarten with him. I went. Me and Billy met because I failed a grade and in high school <laughs> that's the, and that's Who hasn't? I, and that's how yeah. i that's how i'm actually met wilbur is you know what, what what fate would have it
0: right uh, growing up on the street very good neighbor always took care of the woman next door i remember growing up um he was uh not only a badass but um just a, a kind human that yeah. always wants you to laugh and have fun you know great yeah, he's passing water again he's on his way back uh,
1: yeah well, now we can start. To, now we don't have to be so goddamn nice about him. Boy,
2: well, that hot. They were talking nice
5: of you. Well,
2: it's about time somebody did. You know? <laughs> tell they ain't bartender.
0: Next, if anybody knows Wilbur and they see him out, ask him to play the spoons. It's always entertaining, especially. Well, John just
2: bought me two sets of spoons.
0: Well, that's because you give them away to all the pretty girls that come back here.
2: <laughs> We're sitting out here, and a fella, two doors down, come with his girlfriend, beautiful girl. I give her the spoon. She I'd never played them before, and she takes right off, see? And I give her the spoon. So the next day, I said to Slade's wife, Peggy, I said, geez, I give her my spoon. He goes, she says,
0: Slade was going to give her his Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> well... There's Okinawa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it was an honor to finally sit down with you. This has been a long time in the making. I get people all the time. You got to talk to Wilbur. Wilbur's great. And it was great for Slade to stop by. Slade, thank you very much. He made me stop by.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it was the right choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are great people. And we love archiving these, these stories that, People don't think are true, and um, what we do at the end, Wilbur Fulton, you are now licensed to talk. Slade, you are now licensed to talk.
2: Yeah. Well, the accolades, I mean, they're certainly un- un- un-
0: undeserved.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like. Now, you guys brought the guitars. Let's have a little fun because. Uh, yeah, let's
0: close it out with a song. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, unless we're going to close it out, or we're just going to sit here. What do you, you want to sing? Huh? What do you want to sing?
0: So. Always remember, our license to talk will go anywhere, and we will find you yeah, if thanks. you are interesting.
1: Thanks so much, guys. This is great. Thanks thank for you. just spending well, your time you, with us. Thank you, fellas. Lord thank have you. mercy. Yeah. Had a
2: great afternoon. Thank you very much. This is great. Um, it's a good day. Like a G chord or something.
4: <laughs>
2: I, I don't sing many serious songs, but this is a beautiful song because um, it's an old American Indian song about... <laughs> what is it called? Um, well it's, it's not called anything uh, that I know of but he's going off the battle and he's singing this to the young maiden that he loves so. little G chord I've heard this one somewhere I'll kill the side well, oh, you guys have been great, and thanks for doing this. Uh, Lord have mercy. I hope somebody enjoys it along. lot. Oh, they
0: will. And, uh... God. God damn it. <laughs>
2: Don't forget to wear your pants if you're going down to Bradford.
3: <laughs> you guys actually... Uh... Pat Hammer,
0: oh yeah, we had Pat Hammer oh, on. Oh he's
2: a, I met him. He's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's from Frisco.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: he's a good man. He's yeah. a Buffalo
0: guy. Yeah, and I, Oh yeah.
2: Who's Pat Hammer? The weatherman. Took two. over for oh, Fat yeah. Boy there, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that cheeseburger eating something. Oh, the guy the with the, the the only thing he could ever predict was when his next cheeseburger was <laughs> the guy with the medium sized sport coats. <laughs> tell you about my girlfriend. Yeah, Roberta. Yeah, Roberta. Roberta got a ass on her. Mm, mm, mm. You ain't gonna believe the ass on Roberta. Mm. <laughs> she come out of the room the other night, she had on a pair of them white stretch pants. You know the ones I mean. I said, baby, your ass looks like a bag of sledgehammers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this girl got her ass. She all be pulling a goddamn beer wagon. You know, I mean, this, this girl bad. But anyway, I even wrote a song about her. Roberta, Roberta, get your fat funky leg off of me. <laughs> I said, Roberta, Roberta, get that fat funky leg off of me. I don't mind the fat. It's the funk that bothers me. <laughs> now, if you see Roberta coming just walking down the street with all the funk that's on her, They back 500 feet.